This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Hello again, nerds, geeks, and gamers, and welcome once more to the Will Adjusted Gamer Podcast. It is October 30th, 2017, and it's All Hallows Eve Eve. This week on the show, I got together with uh, Ground Control's own Dylan Snow for a three-peat. We start off talking about his experience at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, some new game releases, and the dumpster fire that is Twitter these days. I do really want to know what everyone thinks of Mario Odyssey, though. I don't have a Switch of my own, but I know Dylan and Max got it, and Metacritic is showing a 97-8.9 as of now, compared to the 76-6.2 that GT Sport currently sits at. A game which I am still masochistically grinding through to finish all of the minimal single-player content before I flip it back to Gamefly for something else. Maybe Shadow of War? I don't know. But I really am having fun grinding through the challenges. I got gold on all of the track training thingies and also golded all of the license tests. Now just working through the driving missions, which I should be done with in another day or so, maybe. After that, I'm kind of really interested in messing around with more of the livery editor, because you can honestly make almost anything you can imagine with it. I've seen police cars, classic race liveries, and a shitload of anime girls. Oh, even a Daniel Craig James Bond face plastered on the side of an Aston Martin. Very cool. In other media, I already sped through all of the new Stranger Things season, and it did not disappoint. The only minor flaws I saw come from a few goofy moments that were either overacted or just perhaps poorly written, but overall, it was miles better than anything else we've watched lately on TV or film, so do check it out. Also... Tickets are available now for the Portland Podcast Festival happening on December 2nd, featuring yours truly as well as a bunch of other local Portland podcasts from FunEmploymentRadio.com and abroad. Just swing over to PDXPodFestival.com to check out all the details. Other than that, I just want to say thank you again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes, as well as following the show on Facebook and Twitter using Podcast. And don't forget to send your questions or suggestions to wagpodcastpdx at gmail.com Don't be jealous that I've been chatting online with babes all day. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jason Chevron Chops, and I am together today with Mr. Dylan Snow, back once more to regale us with tales from behind the scenes of the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. 
What's going on, Dylan? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, God. So, Ground Control had a massive presence at the Retro Gaming Expo. They helped facilitate all of the arcade games that are seen on the floor there. Not necessarily all from their own inventory, but kind of a cumulative pile-on from around the the scene, basically, of classic gaming and keeping these machines up, restoring them, and putting them out there in the public eye, or keeping them keistered away in private collections, whatever it may be, but definitely at the heart of it. And Dylan was pretty critical in the whole process from what I think and believe. I mean, he had a ton to do with it. He's completely worn out. He's finally getting that that color back in his skin. He's <laughs> not so pale and dead looking anymore because it was a lot of work and definitely paid off because it was an awesome experience. There's so much to do, so much to see, so many people there the whole time. Like it definitely was done properly and to a great extent. Like it was awesome. Thank you. Well, from from me thank, and everybody. Thank you. I, I can't take that much credit for for the arcade itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I helped move a bunch of a bunch of the games, there but um, one of Ground Control's owners, Anthony, was in charge of of uh, coordinating the entire arcade. Gotcha. And yeah, I worked with him a little bit, but I was more focused on Ground Control's booth and. Um, and helping set up some of the games, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it was an incredible effort from uh, from a lot of people. A lot of people, yeah. A lot of different collectors and arcades all just came together and mm-hmm. brought about two hundred games to this expo. It's wild. Yeah, and heavy, <laughs> big, large, heavy yes, games too. Right. <laughs> yeah. These are these are full cabinets. These aren't like emulators and anything like that. This is full scale arcade games. Even like the big fat ones, like you had the two screen X Men one there. Yep. All, there was a couple. I think a couple shooters, but then also just the pinball machines have got to be ridiculous. Yeah, like, it was. Uh, so collectively, we brought ninety pinball machines. Oh my god, that's about twice of last year. Man, which um, honestly, just like for most places, ten pinball machines is a lot. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty wild. And one of the coolest things though is that uh, the entire weekend, every game, every pinball machine, every arcade game was being played almost. Yep. At any given that's, time. That's what I saw every time I walked through there, all three days, the, everything. You had to stand in line basically for every single game. And that's insane because, like you said, there was hundreds of games. And yeah. every one of them had somebody on it, no matter what it was. Yeah, which I honestly, like, it might sound kind of frustrating for, for somebody who wants to just go and check out a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty cool that there's that level of interest. Right, yeah. And it wasn't that hard. I mean, the times that I did stop and want to try something out, it was easy enough. I mean, once somebody knows you're there they finish whatever life or whatever they're on. And then, Hey, here you go, you know, take over. And it was, it was easy enough. And a lot of multiplayer games too, where you just walk up and drop in. So there's plenty of opportunity. One of the ones that I, we've talked about before that I finally got to put hands on was the um, emulator tables. The ones Mm -hmm. that have like 65 pinball tables built in, they have like a digital LCD display and everything. That thing was pretty wicked. I was surprised that it was smaller than I ever imagined. Yeah, they're kind of like mini tables. Yeah, they're mini tables. But I mean, God, what a perfect thing to have in a home in, in your like private arcade. Like, oh, how perfect. Like, have a couple real machines and then that thing and you're set. You're done. Like, that's all you need. Yeah, they're it just, insane. it's it's kind of a cool alternative. Right. And, you know, you get to play games that wouldn't be possible. Right, yeah, because um, there are. There's, there's real like arcadey games in there, like custom made for it but then it also had recreations of real tables mm-hmm. to the point where i literally played a table on that thing 
that was right next to the real version of it. What it was game the was Batman that? one. Which one? There's um it's the Batman like um Christopher Nolan era oh, yeah. Batman table yeah. with like the cranes and stuff. Yep. And yeah, That's I awesome. literally played the same one right next to it on this little digital thing. It was great. Man, I wish I had an opportunity to try that. Right? It was maybe it was next wicked. time. The guy next to me though was playing the aliens one and I don't think it was on mine because I was watching him. I was like, oh man, I want to play this. <laughs> I tried like checking through the menus mm-hmm. and I must have missed it or else it wasn't on there. But yeah, like I said, like 90 some odd or what did they have? Like 68 built in tables and you could expand that's, it from there too. That's insane. It must have yeah. been the pinball effects. I, I can't remember what brand it was, like the emulator itself. Huh. But yeah, it was it was wicked. And the, the emulation was great. I mean, they've got that nailed down at this point. It's 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 yeah, a, a set standard. All physics so. and such. Mm-hmm. So no, it worked out pretty good. What else did I play? I played that and. Oh. Did you play any Donkey Kong Three though? That's I, always going to be my question. It was out biggest, of credits. As the biggest Donkey Kong Three fan. Okay. When I walked um, through that one time, yeah. yeah, it didn't have any credits I, on it. I think that's one of the games that we have to manually add credits that's to. That's exactly what I figured. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> it just got burned through, and I was. Just buzzing around so I didn't try to like grab anybody or do anything. But yeah, that was it would but in would have been easy enough to just tap somebody with the ground control shirt, hey, need to pop a few virtual quarters in this guy. Yeah. But it was cool. It's hard to keep track of that many games. Well, yeah, when you've got a few hundred games, no big deal, right? Uh, <laughs> one of the other big things was the the Star Wars kind of history of Star Wars games that we had. Yeah, a little, little mini Star Wars arcade. Oh my God. It was great. Like all of the original like movie-based games, the ones with the the crazy wireframe graphics. Yeah, the vector graphics. Yeah, the vector graphics. And then the um, the speeder bike one. I, I forgot to get back to trying that one oh, again. Uh, Return, Return of the Jedi? Yeah, the Return of the Jedi one. And that, correction, I don't think that those are actual vector graphics when I think about it. I think that is. I think that's I what the, the wireframe graphics are is vector because that was like the Vectrex did right. that. But I don't know if that's like the actual, the 3D kind of effect of it. But yeah, it's, it's people know I'm thinking what we're talking of, about. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm like thinking <laughs> about, about asteroids and mm-hmm. and the way that they display that. But oh, I don't know. Yeah. Now we sound like posers. Right. Yeah. I thought you guys knew games. What the hell? Again, it's like everything else. It's a spectrum. Like <laughs> there's a spectrum of a video game nerd. There's the pedestrians that say they they old school and then there's posers <laughs> like us somewhere in the middle and then yeah there's the hardcore guys that will slap us down on everything like uh yeah uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 came out in a blah 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 designed by blah 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 with hey. sound effects by blah 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 <laughs> like Donkey Kong Country 3 is not a bad game oh my god did you did you play all those back I, in the day no because i i was a Sega kid i didn't uh. get the Super Nintendo i i've played them like on demos and at friends houses but yeah, yeah. never got to dig in and really hey, try to unlock everything donkey kong country changed my life <laughs> oh, god <laughs> no, it was so impressive at the time yeah it was it, the coolest was. i guess i mean from my limited perspective of being in a small town like mm-hmm. every all the all the kids that i knew who had super nintendos were yeah. were super into it mm-hmm. but um but now as as you know somebody living in a city a lot of other retro gamers yeah. i've actually heard kind of mixed things about right about donkey kong yeah. country but i love that game yeah well, and, the, and, and the second and third one as well yeah that was me like i don't know i had my favorites and a lot of them like you you see that a lot of them come through as like the the modern classics where people do reflect on them but there's other ones like i know symphony of the night is a big game but i swear to god like nobody i know gives a shit about it. Nobody <laughs> I know has played it as much as I have. Nobody owns the seven 
different editions of it that I do. Like every console yeah. it's been on, I've had it like, except for the Saturn. That's the only one that I don't have it on, but it's, it's like that kind of thing where nobody else ever talks about it, but I swear to God, it's like the game for me. Like that's the pinnacle of the Castlevania series of like 2d Metroidvania games. Like even the new stuff that I've played, like I still would rather go back. I don't, I don't to think that the many it's people crazy. who've played it would argue with that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, but nobody talks about it. So it's like, it, it is a thing, but it's also not because there's so many other games that kind of take the spotlight in a way. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird deal. There's a lot of video games in the world. As, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, as it turns out. And that was, that was the crazy thing is going through all the booths. Like you said, you didn't have much time to get out there and really dig in anything. But one of them I saw, they had like a glass case with under lock and key snatcher mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the original Sega CD. Guess how much? Uh, I'm going to say at least a couple hundred bucks. $650. Oh, geez. It was oh, boy. ridiculous, completely bononkers. Oh, it must like, be nice to be able to, <laughs> I swear to God. buy a $650 yeah, game. Like who? <laughs> who is this for? Like That, that was something I, I saw overall, though, is the prices seemed a little high because it was basically what I would consider full retail for a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the collector market that's something you're willing to pay. There's room for haggling too with the, the vendors because there's yeah. no set price. I think but a lot of vendors trade as well. Trading and bundling, if you're going to mm-hmm. buy a few games or you know take some stuff off their hands that they want to get rid of, that kind of thing. But um, it's something that if you were missing that game in your collection and you needed it, yeah. you could find it there. It's you got, that type If you've of got scenario. like you know, 400 games and yeah, right. you're missing three, exactly. people I don't, will do crazy things for those games. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't have the European version of this game, so <laughs> where else are you going to find it but at the Retro Gaming Expo? Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible how many mm-hmm. vendors they fit in there and just yeah. the sheer number cool. of, of video games in that room. Right. You know, not even counting the, the free play arcade or console arcade. Right. Which that was the impressive thing too is like the free play side was basically like half of the convention, half of the expo, like square footage wise. That was impressive. That was cool to see. Yeah, there's um. Well, I guess I shouldn't talk about the plans for next year yet, but um, that may or may not grow. Uh oh. Even more. May or may <laughs> not. I mean, it obviously everything's going to grow because they've been at it like twelve years. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but obviously everything's been growing, and now yeah, this it's, was the, it's going to be exponential. This was the twelfth year, and um, you know the the free play arcade was as big as ever, right? And um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that there is intention to to continue to grow it. Yes, I mean that it, especially when you've got the mix of on on your side there was. The free play arcade, you had your booth, you had a pig squad booth, you had a couple other merch booths. So a lot of that stuff could be squished and moved around. And especially like the other booths like could push out towards the vendor side. Mm-hmm. But also you had the world championship Tetris yeah, that's going right. on. That's an easy one for them to put into an auditorium somewhere. And now you've got a ton more space to expand and stretch out. But it was nice to have all that stuff packed together because you can – look in any direction and there's something different going on. Yeah. Which I, was nice. I really liked the layout this mm-hmm. year. It was I cool. thought it was great. I I liked that, you know, a lot of people who would normally not uh, seek out the Tetris World Championship yeah. were exposed to it. Yeah. And it's pretty fascinating to watch these it guys. It was. Oh, my God. Uh, the classic Tetris World Championship. Yes. That is Nintendo, with um, yeah. the NES version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, when I looked it up, they had the the finals from 2016. Mm-hmm. So I watched that, and then 
I see one of the finalists from that, like the actually the guy that won was at the gaming expo and he was in yeah, like one uh, of the Jonas. Yeah, Jonas. He was in one of the semifinals up there. It was it was crazy to see him because he's he's very familiar to me when I see him because he reminds me of um Josh Homme or Homie, whatever, from Queens of the Stone Age. Oh yeah. <laughs> he looks like him <laughs> sure. face wise, but yeah, like he was easy to recognize and it's like holy shit, it's that thing that I just saw and that 2016 video was from the expo last year. Yeah. Because that's where it happens, which is awesome in itself. Like, I think, it was I great. think that guy's won seven of these. Holy crap. Uh, and then this year was his third year in a row. He won again? Yeah, he won this year. Holy crap. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's they're they're aliens at that stuff. Like <laughs> it's it's funny though, because you can you can see how they do it. You could see their strategy, but there's no way to replicate it because it's the twitch. Yeah, I mean you have to it practice so much just yes. be perfect and oh god and uh it's it's truly impressive <laughs> right i i saw the the rage on one guy um it was funny because he literally had like a hand brace he had oh, like a wow. half glove on his hand it's like oh no oh, <laughs> oh no but he was ahead in his game but he ended up losing out early and had to sit back and watch the other guy and the announcers, I mean, of course, they're like all into it. He's like, oh, he only needs like two more Tetrises and he's going to get him. And oh, he got one. He only needs one more. Oh, my God. And then like, boom, Tetris. Like, boom, Tetris. <laughs> everybody, it, it was great because everybody like cheered. Like, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it feels like the, the crowd for for Tetris is getting bigger every yeah. day too. And I don't know how much of that is the location of it or if mm-hmm. there's just like genuinely an increasing audience. It, it's it's all about esports right now. That's a That's developing true. thing yeah. where people are finally starting to get into it. Like it's always been a thing. Like I've talked about before, I had um this kid Trevor, he's an esports coach. So I mm-hmm. talked to him at length about like the whole scene and everything and it's been since like the early days of Asteroids. There was an Atari like Asteroids Championship where they just like here they rented a convention center or whatever put out a shitload of TVs and consoles and everybody just played until they get, uh, excuse me, got their game over. And mm-hmm. that was it. Like that was the first esports tournament. And to where it is now with blizzard arena, that's open down in LA. Now, mm-hmm. if you've heard of that, it's, it's not an actual arena. It's like a soundstage, like a TV soundstage, but built up for like esports competitions where they've got big bleachers and stuff everywhere. So people could pile in few, hundred people, maybe a, a couple thousand, I think even, but it's there. Like you know, there's, it's, there's, it's going to be the new thing. There's something like that opening in Portland soon. Oh my God. Yeah. I was talking to those guys about, you know, working with them at ground oh, control potentially. That's going to be awesome. Cause yeah. you could, you guys could do like feeder tournaments all year long for that, like qualifications and stuff potentially where you yeah, could have true. like four on four matches, put the, something together on the big screens and, oh. That's great. What an awesome tie-in. Hopefully that works out. That'd be great. Yeah, I hope so. We'll be trying to figure out the details soon. Yeah. Are they going to do it like in the Rose Quarter? Like would they uh, get no, their they big have, events? They have their own they have their own space. Okay. Yeah, they're awesome. opening their own their own space and Hell yeah. Um Yeah, I don't want to speak too much for them, but Yeah, no. I mean, but, uh, they have some cool plans. Yeah. At at some point that'll be our generations like NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's totally potential or maybe like Maybe like your your triple A soccer league type of stuff. Like yeah, people that go to watch the Timbers, like you could easily pull together a crowd like that for a a world championship or a national. It's it's pretty insane. It is. It's very. I mean, looking at the numbers when I was talking to Trevor, like it's a multi billion dollar industry already, and in 
Korea, South Korea, when they have their like Blizzard World Championships, there's mm-hmm. tens of thousands of people. And when they did one down in LA, I think it was the Staples Center that they sold out. It's like <laughs> this is this is real. This it's crazy, and it's it's weird to imagine having never like been to one myself, except for like at a at the PlayStation, like what was that thing called the the PlayStation? They have their own expo they do every year now. But yeah, I watched, yeah, like, I know a, what you're talking about. Yeah. I yeah. watched like a Street Fighter tournament, like a couple rounds of that, and it's like, yeah. I, Does this I get make it. you also feel a little bit old? Eh, not really. Just from the <laughs> fact that it's been a thing forever. Yeah, just, just the true. fact that it's turning into such a big thing. Twitch streaming makes me feel old. Yeah, like yeah. the stuff that is successful that compared to what I like to watch is just oh. oh yeah, boy, I, I guess boy. I did. I did grow up with like you know while I was playing Counter Strike. You know, mm-hmm. I I knew of just how. Uh, just how big that scene was. Yeah, and God, but I think yeah, I think it's more like Twitch that makes me feel a little bit yeah old and a little bit disconnected. Yes, yes but, definitely. You know, I want to I want to <clears throat> keep up on that stuff. It's there's a generation gap already between like people my age, people your age. Well, we're really close too, but um, when it comes to this Twitch generation, where they are more apt to just watch somebody else play a game than actually play it themselves. Mm-hmm. That is crazy still to me but i get it because i like watching gameplay videos too now and then i just would never commit to a person or a channel especially to the point where i'm like donating in like a patreon like i i'm not there i don't know if i could ever be there it's a weird bag like it is but you know good for them and good for the people who who uh find that amount of entertainment Eh, from it right I was just going to say, like, good for the people that do it without showing their tits, too, because that's <laughs> that's pretty goddamn annoying. That's some low-hanging fruit bullshit. And with all the <laughs> the Weinstein stuff going on right now, it definitely, like, muddies that water that, no, there's literally people out there willing to sell their bodies for whatever, like, any cost. It's like, you see it everywhere. It's it's depressing, and I hate it. it it's frustrating to me, too, because there is a jealousy aspect of it. Like, mm-hmm. nobody wants to see my tits. Like... <laughs> It's not fair. If I go out there with a wig and cleavage, like I'm not gonna get any Patreon followers. Like that's a bummer. So yeah, it's I've definitely mixed feelings on that shit. Sure. Oh god. <laughs> Slippery slope, man. But um <laughs> back at I mean this it's that's a funny tie-in because I'm looking at my notes and after saying that, one of the things in the the little museum section they had. Uh-huh. They had I, I didn't get to make it there. No. I'm really oh. bummed out. They had like a bunch of unreleased stuff. They had a bunch of the old like demo stands where you could try out the consoles. They had like every generation of consoles. Oh, just in like there. like the original kiosks. Yeah, the old kiosks. Oh, nice. Like I remember playing. I think like PlayStation One kiosk yeah, and thinking right. it was super rad. Mm-hmm. And the N64 kiosk. Right. And then you see those, and they've got like CRT TVs on them. It's like holy crap. Hell yes. But like a couple of them were like really like old and burned out because those things ran. 24 seven for God knows how long. Yeah. So they were, they were looking pretty tired, but they had that, they had old, like, like a, a, a display, almost like a, um, Vietnam war memorial wall of all these like different boxes. And I don't know if they had carts in them or not, but like boxes themselves are a big deal, right? I've seen people come to these, uh, these expos just to buy boxes. Yes. I saw a stand that had just a shitload of boxes and they're like 10, 20 bucks each. And man, I, (laughs) I remember as a kid, um, maybe I was, I, I foresaw the future, but I was mm-hmm. always trying to like keep the boxes in good condition. Smart, yeah. I was like that weird kid that mm-hmm. was like, 
like, oh yeah, you can borrow a game, but you got to be right. careful about all this shit. Mm-hmm. And um, it turns out like most of my boxes are trashed, so they're yes. not really worth anything. Right. But, but yeah, we live in a world where people are spending a lot of money on uh, the boxes that old games came yeah. in. Because I mean, that's that's a bygone era. I mean, that that generation is gone. There is no replacing those. Once they're gone, they're gone. It's, yeah. It's not like you just go out and buy them at the store. So, I I have like a real bad hoarder gene. So I would keep every damn scrap of everything, but yeah. I have to actively like throw shit away or else I'll be inundated with it. So I ended up <laughs> throwing away all of my boxes and everything oh, before no. we moved up here. Yeah. I, I filled our blue recycle can, like the big ones, mm-hmm. the big like 50 gallon ones, whatever the hell they are, twice. But what stuff. kind of games? What kind of game boxes? It was everything. I mean – I think I finally did throw away all my old NES ones, but they were trashed, like you were saying, too. Those were all squished up and torn up, but they were complete. A lot of them had, like, manuals and stuff. But those are games I'm not going to sell anyway. So, like, that's the other thing. It's like, I'm going to keep all this stuff. When am I ever going to sell it? Like, the whole idea is to keep it because I like it. So if I sell it, then what was the point of keeping it? But it's, it's a weird mixed up thing but like i said i've i've got the bad gene for it so i have to <laughs> yeah actively same steer here. Away. as a uh as like a teenager when i got into pc gaming mm-hmm. um i would always buy i guess steam was just coming out back then actually steam was kind of a piece of shit at the time right. it was like it did not it was, start well yeah it was rough mm-hmm. but um back when like to get a pc game you'd go to a store and buy this box a big box <laughs> yeah i would i would always try to save those and then eventually yeah. i was like okay i have way too many of these and yeah and I would, what I did was I would like cut out the uh, front of the box, oh no, and then like put it on my wall. Yeah, <laughs> and like in my room, I would just have like a line of of uh, game boxes, kind of like just the faces. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's still the some of them are still there in my uh, that's awesome. my childhood bedroom. Yeah. Oh man, that's kind of it's great, weird. Though. It's weird to like go visit home and and see all those lined up. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's that's when PC games came in boxes, right? And also when I. Had to hold on to something from <laughs> yes. it. I couldn't fully throw it away. No. God. Yeah. Like I've still – the the majority of the stuff I threw away was like PS1, 2, 3 cases because all yeah. those just – the CDs just go in a sleeve eh, and I've got yeah. binders out the hoo-ha. But I feel differently about that stuff. So. Yeah. No. I It gives me anxiety like thinking about it that all that stuff's gone. But <laughs> at the same time, it gave me anxiety looking at the piles of it that are like in boxes because – yeah, I had like three moving like storage totes full of game boxes. It's like this is an issue. This this, <laughs> this isn't going to work. This is not sustainable. It's not on display. I don't have like the the gaming dungeon basement to like put all these things out in. Like I don't have that that size of a spare room. So I don't know. Like yeah, I... someday when I build my own house, like I, <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> have I, a storage have unit some, somewhere. Uh, I have some boxes full of like 360 games yeah. in my house. Oh, I've, yeah. I've been in my current place for like a year and right. I still haven't unpacked it. No, exactly. That stuff will not see the light of day. The other ones that I have is all my old like CD cases too. And that's that's the next one. That hey, probably... At least you're not hoarding like rock band and Guitar Hero controllers. Just my one Guitar Hero like guitar, like I have one from Guitar Hero Two, I think. So yeah, yeah, I have <laughs> I have a few too many of those sitting yeah. around, taking up space in the closet. Oh god, yeah, I still have all my peripherals and consoles. So that's at least I've kept that much because yeah, I've got like every PlayStation and game, pretty much. I don't think I've ever sold off or lost any of those. Like that's when I started 
keeping everything. Mm-hmm. But I had my Sega, like I sold all that crap at yard sale type stuff growing oh. up. And it's like, God, what a bummer. Because <laughs> I'm Sega stuff is still kind of like third tier. Mm-hmm. But the Super Nintendo stuff, I did score. It's like I sold the Sega stuff and within a few years started working and then started buying Super Nintendo stuff at yard sales. So I've got like a little smattering of that. But I do have one of the Holy Grails in Chrono Trigger. Oh, the box is kind of rough though. It's not anywhere near mint, but that's it is still, complete. Yeah, that's, that's like that's the only rare. one. It is, and that's like something. Again, it's like, would I ever sell it? I, why? I it's mean, only it's, gonna. It's only the value is only gonna increase, right? I think it's one of those things. They're not making more of them, and every day another one bites the dust somehow. Like they're gonna get lost or damaged or destroyed. Hopefully, a dog eats a few. Like <laughs> yeah, and, and a game like that is just. It's not gonna lose its reputation or nope. it's it's historical significance Mm -hmm. because yeah it definitely has that in spades but um the tangent (laughs) swing back yeah what were we talking about we're talking about boobs and then oh that got me into the the gaming museum that they had there of course they had all of the old porn games from like the atari oh no it was great oh no i saw i saw (laughs) a uh i think i saw like a a similar kind of museum type setup at, Mm -hmm. at prge like Three or four years ago yeah. when I saw some of those. Probably, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the ones that, like, stood out, I knew of Custer's Last Stand, Ugh. which is that gross one. Where, That's a problematic game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You are you play as Custer with a boner trying to get to Pocahontas to poke her hauntus. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it can only get worse talking about porn games and throwing in some dirty puns. But <laughs> All right, guys, I'm out. Yeah, bye, Dylan. Thanks for having uh, this. This has been the Well Adjusted Gamer podcast, and <laughs> we're done. No, I'm back. Let's talk yeah. about Guitar Hero controllers a okay, little bit more. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more on that and Rock Band. No, I keep going. Yeah, the other one though, <laughs> the other one that was super gross was Beat 'em and Eat 'em. Oh no! How All right, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I lost them again. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I'll try to reel them back. But Dylan, uh, Ground Control. They, the guy does the, the Rock Band competition there. The karaoke. <laughs> Yep, he's back oh, no, there. I, was, I, got I was I reeled him in. I was just gonna say, like, since I, I was thinking of Guitar Hero controllers, mm-hmm. did you see the giant just like bin at that one vendor just full of crap and like old guitar hero controllers no. and stuff? Oh, I, I think I mentioned that. that to you before the expo. Like, yeah, on the last day, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yes. that this one vendor will just say, like, here, fill a bag for like a dollar. Yes. All this like all these old busted third party controllers oh. and stuff. There was a kid, he when I was over at the pig squad booth, he came up and asked if they had an outlet he could borrow. And oh, yeah, there's one laying on the floor. So he throws all his shit down on the ground and starts like pulling stuff out. He had bought like a Logitech racing wheel uh-huh. and it's the the last one I had on PS3 and he had bought it. He said the guy basically said a dollar per bag, whatever you could fit in it, like single item type yeah. thing. So yeah, he grabbed the wheel and the pedals but it didn't have an AC adapter. Uh, so he had like ran around trying to find at all these other booths an AC adapter that had the right voltage. So he's he like it? plugging it in to see it. I don't did know if that one worked, but he's he was still working on it, I think. So. <laughs> did he buy a copy of uh, Beat 'em and Eat 'em? No, he did not. That it's probably still too expensive. That's that's probably a prohibitively <laughs> expensive game. To to think that you could spend a couple hundred dollars on an Atari game called Beat 'em and Eat 'em like <laughs> It's horrible. And the chick on the cover was like eating an ice cream cone. 
So it's just that's wholesome. Yeah, a wholesome picture for God Everyone knows what kind of cream. content. Everybody loves ice cream. That's it. It was the McDonald's soft serve cone. It's only like a, a buck each. You know, it's, it was great. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. So changing subjects. Been nice, uh... right? <laughs> did you see any good cosplay while you were there? I mean, oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, obviously there was a bunch of Star Wars cosplay. Yes, there because was. Because of the uh, 40th anniversary, which by the mm-hmm. way, it was the 40th anniversary of, of Star Wars this year. And that's why yeah. we brought together the big presents. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Star Wars arcade, more or less, and mm-hmm. all the Star Wars console games and all that. So yeah. naturally there were there were some uh, great costumes out there. Mm-hmm. A really good Chewbacca costume. Oh, I missed that. Oh, it was like, it was huge. Yeah. The costume that is. Um and he had like the bowcaster and everything. Oh and, man! Dang and, it! Uh, my friend got a good photo with him. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if the dude in the costume was just really tall uh-huh. or uh, it was like extended or, or, or what. Yeah. But but that was really good. Um, saw plenty of stormtroopers and yeah. invaders. There is one. Um, there's a group. There was like a. I want to say a stormtrooper, and an imperial officer, and then like a. Like a a knight of. Like one of the Knights of Ren, because mm-hmm. it wasn't strictly Kylo, because I saw his mask and it was a little bit different. But they were walking around together, and the Imperial officer, that guy was like really tall. Mm-hmm. That was sketchy. Like that, that was really like actually intimidating. <laughs> like that, that was that's an imposing figure. Like the that whole kind of design ethos with those costumes originally. Like yeah, it works. Like it's. If you saw a crowd of those guys and if they were all big enough, like, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> this is not a group to mess with. Like, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely well, gave me a little chilies. Someone took a good photo of, um, I think it was an Ewok buying some merch at our, our booth. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see an Ewok in a ground control shirt. That's that's <laughs> some promotion right there. Oh, we man, need to we get blew that it. Done. We need to hire you for next year. Right? See? I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm trying, damn it. Oh, it was great. Um, one of the things that made me happy to see too is they had that like big 16 console corral of Xboxes mm-hmm. and they were playing Battlefield or Battlefront 2. Yeah, the uh, the original Xbox yes. version of Battlefront 2. And I feel like so they've been nice. doing that for every year for a while. Yeah. Which I've always great. thought is like, it's pretty cool. It's just mm-hmm. like kind of obscure to some extent. Um, yeah. I mean, like it's not Halo. It's basically just right, an Xbox true. game that is not Halo. Yeah. Well, and um, it was like a PlayStation Two game. That's where I played it. Yeah, me and my buddies. Yeah, it's just it's just cool that it it has the lasting power to absolutely, and that to that was thing, a sixteen console setup. For right, it. that was the thing that that struck me about it too is how good those games actually still look. Like I saw Battlefront Two still looks decent. Like you're not pushing anything crazy because it's like four player multiplayer maybe 16 i don't know if all the consoles were linked together i but think i think it's at least 16 actually yeah okay yeah. because like every screen that i looked on they never like actually came across another player they were just killing bots oh, for the well, most part so they're still like spread out enough yeah who knows yeah but um the other one that really struck me was um crimson skies oh that game's great it's amazing i love that game and it still looks like so decent like yeah i, I like, remember being blown away by that game yeah. and uh that was near the launch of xbox live mm-hmm. i believe yeah and uh also for me personally it was like near the time that i got decent internet yeah so finally like, got to just play in time online. for like yeah for like halo 2 oh and, yeah oh uh, god halo splinter 2. cell um the second one pandora mm-hmm. tomorrow or something like that something like that yeah 
Yeah, and uh, Crimson Skies was a great online yes. game. It was it was an awesome single player game too. Like I spent days and weeks in both because mm-hmm. that was I I think when I got mine that was like the free pack in title or one of the two. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it came with a couple. I think it was, it was like, like that the Xbox and, Live bundle. and uh, was it like it was a mech game, not mech assault. Maybe Mech Assault? I, you might be right. You know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, I yeah. think it was a bundle of those it's two It's like games. it wasn't Mech Warrior, but it was something like that. It wasn't like the mainline title. Definitely wasn't Steel Battalion, but... I think it was, it was Mech Assault. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it was like, here's Crimson Skies, which is like mm-hmm. the most accessible... Um, Fun. <laughs> you know, flight shooter game, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Yeah, not a flight simulator. But no, <laughs> by far. Um, yeah. And uh, I could never really get into mech games before. They just weren't really they're, accessible for me. They were a pain in the ass. Yeah. And um, I'm going to say that it was Mech Assault, that, mm-hmm. the, you know, Xbox's franchise. Right. Um, but yeah, that was like a very easy to learn and, and uh, pretty addicting game. Very and addicting. It had, it had a really good multiplayer component to that. Mm-hmm. And just just flat out fun. Like it, it just was. That's all I remember is because I at the same time – I mean, that's when you had like Ace Combat on PlayStation, and those games were fun-ish too. They mm-hmm. they weren't simulations at all. Like they're they're a lot more fun and arcade-like. But that one still like that's the one that I wish somebody would make a new version of. And I don't know. I don't know where that studio is, like where that license stands. But if not them, somebody needs to get on that type of game. It's because it was like steampunk-ish. Where it's like these fanciful planes in like a 1940s aesthetic. It was almost like something that would fit in in Bioshock Infinite too. It would fit like that universe in a way. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That That's the studio that should do it. Like <laughs> get 2K games in there. Have them start putting together something. I think that's one of theirs. You know, I'm just pulling that's my phone out right now because I want to check this. But I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that some of those original Xbox games are now available on uh on yeah. xbox one no absolutely i mean they they the announced their plans to uh thing. yeah they they announced their plans to extend the backwards compatibility mm-hmm. to that to that console um earlier in the year or maybe last year or whatever yeah but i think it's starting to roll out the one that it blew me away i saw it last night on twitter um black just came up on that because oh. <laughs> there was a tweet from criterion uh-huh. I, I didn't know that was them the guys that did burnout the guys that did Burnout Paradise, the guys that are doing the space combat in yeah. Battlefront, like, holy shit! Like, of course, it's just a big crash mode. Ma- yeah, it's of course they made that game because who else would make such a dedicated hardcore title that is so fun and appealing and just scratches all the itches? Red, like red explosive barrels, the game. Yes, <laughs> Hell yeah. I actually never played it. There was something to it. There was a demo that I remember grinding through over and over and over. To the point where it was almost like Area 51 for me. Oh, yeah. Like starting the stage, I knew exactly where to go, where the enemies were going to be, where the objects that you could shoot off of the walls and stuff, the breakable stuff. Uh-huh. Like all of it. Just for the demo so I could like get like the maximum score or whatever it was. Like it was sick. Like I love that game. Okay. So I uh, I can confirm this now. Okay. Um, as of I think yesterday, there's 13 games for the original Xbox that can be played on the Xbox One. Uh-huh. Um, Black is one of those games. Yes. Blood Rain 2, Crimson Skies. Ooh. Uh, Dead to Rights. Ooh. And there's an ad that's popping up. Of course. Um, Thanks, Internet. That's, that's great. Fusion Frenzy, Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Uh. Um, King of Fighter, 
King of Fighters Neo Wave. Wow. Ninja Gaiden Black, which is a, oh, wow, a great yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. That's another... I was I was just talking to my friend about that game the other day, mm-hmm. saying that I wish that they, you know, despite despite how many unnecessary remakes or yeah. like HD remakes are coming out, I actually would that's be all about that. That's what would be appreciated, that. yeah. So I'd be curious to see how that looks on, mm-hmm. the, on an Xbox One. Well, that's the thing with those. Do they improve the visuals or anything at all on those? Um, or is it just like a straight one-to-one... Because again, those games looked good anyway. So they're it looks like they're uh, they're upscaling them to four okay. K on the Xbox One no X. No way! But they're gonna they're gonna maintain their original like four by three aspect ratios. Okay. Um, Xbox Live multiplayer is gonna be unavailable for them, oh. which kind of sucks for you know games like Crimson, Crimson Skies, Skies and King of Fighters. Yeah. Um, but there's local multiplayer and. Um, Looks like you can do like system link like you could back in the day. Nice. But yeah, they had to uh, finish off that list. They've also got Psychonauts, Red Faction 2, Sid Meier's Pirates, Ooh. and uh, uh, Star Wars Kotor. Man, yeah. that's, that's a great collection. That's, I mean, yeah, it's a good start. That's, that's what you should put on the Xbox Mini when it comes out. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> the Xbox Classic. Oh, are you there, going to see those one games. I swear to God, we will. We have to. Like, how... I want to see, see the Mini GameCube. It'll be, you can like fit in your oh pocket. God, a keychain GameCube. This yeah, has <laughs> like a USB port, and that's it. That would be holy crap, rad. Actually, yes, absolutely. Um, but I just thought of how adorable a little PlayStation would be too. Mm-hmm. With oh, with all kinds of games we, packed. People in. like us, we're the problem here. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> we're again the hoarder gene. It comes out like immediately. Like oh my god, I would love to have that for no other reason than to look at it. Like <laughs> yeah, I got a. Uh, You've got both. I got, you got a, the NES and the NES, SNES. SNES, and I have the um, <laughs> the Super Famicom version too. Oh, I got the UK version man. of the SNES Classic. Look at you! And it is sitting in a box. Yeah, and it will stay there. I, mean, like, I that's, played. That's a good one for down the road. Yeah, it's just kind of a fun thing to collect. It is, yeah. But I played maybe twenty minutes of my SNES Classic so yes. far. Uh huh. And that'll be it. I think that's just more of a product of of uh, my time being tied up by PRGE. Yeah, true. Yeah, you'll get. That's the thing. Like, I always neglect to plan vacation time. Like, whenever I plan time off from work, it's to go somewhere and do something. But there is no just, like, chill time. There's no just, like, take a couple days off to relax and not do anything but just catch up on games or whatever. And Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I think about doing that more than I actually do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you just need a mental health day. Yeah. And, I mean, those are good. Like, with Gran Turismo, I think that was one of the last ones I did it is just taking the launch day off just to play it and actually more so the day after the launch. So right. you're not stuck doing patches and downloads all day, but yeah, that's, that's a great way to, to spend some PTO. <laughs> I love Speaking doing that. Speaking of uh, launch days, mm-hmm. do you know, into... do we want to talk about some uh, upcoming launches or have we covered kind of what do you want to talk about with? DG? Yeah, I've hit most of my notes. Let's, before we go into the games, let's make sure we get your ground control stuff out there. Because like we talked about, you got a little, a couple of events coming up. One, by yeah. the time everybody hears this, will have already passed. But it's something to get in your heads to remember to keep an eye out for. This Thursday, um, tomorrow for us, because it's Wednesday here, we've got Indie Game Night going on. Yep. And this week is Cuphead. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> the least accessible indie game. Right? Oh, my God. But the most gloriously beautiful, like... Like, I don't even know. It's 
the dedication to the art style and the fact that they made it work and just the fact that this is a game at all mm-hmm. is amazing to me and hurts my brain to try to wrap around. Like I could see South Park more as a game. And even that, like that blew my wife away when I told her, hey, mm-hmm. you see this ad right here for South Park? That's the game. She's like, no shit. Like, yes, like literally games as animation is here and literally one-to-one exact comparison. I mean, even with Dragon Ball, that crazy yeah. fighting game that just came out does it too to cell shaded like perfection to where they've pulled and recreated scenes directly from the anime as like battle moments. Like it, it's, it's crazy to see that we're at this point and Cuphead, an example from an indie developer that can make that happen. Like it's, yeah, it's it madness. Them, it took them years and years just mm-hmm. to make, you know, the game exactly the way they wanted it to. Yep. Or, you know, their vision. They, they yeah. completed their vision, which is it's it's nice. It's rare for you know, it took them a lot of delays because that they caught a lot of heat for that. It's well, yeah, two I'm, years at least late from when they originally said. I'm glad they took their time though yes. because it's a really good game. Uh-huh. And for games like that, you know, my main concern is usually okay. Sure, it, it looks great, mm-hmm. but is there actually a good game underneath it right. all? Is it just What's like here to impress like? people with the with the, the presentation? Mm-hmm. And I've been pleasantly surprised so far i haven't played a whole lot of it but i bought it when it came out and um i've played through several levels and and a bunch of bosses Mm -hmm. and uh there's a layer of depth that i did not know to expect oh and um yeah i gotta play a bunch of it tonight so i can be ready for tomorrow night right but um yeah it's a really cool game i think a lot of people will just enjoy uh seeing it for the first time Mm -hmm. because you know you can watch trailers all you want but to see it on like a, a big screen and right in uh native 1080p or mm-hmm. at least the way that they render it yeah it's it's gorgeous and it's just right. like it's really fun to watch and that's the thing that it's going to blow people's minds if they're not familiar with it to walk in and see oh wow what's this old cartoon what wait that looks like a game what's going on <laughs> yeah they, when they see they start making the connections that holy shit this is playable this somebody's what like oh and oh. uh, the contrast between like ground controls ridiculous setup of screens right yeah, now, right? <laughs> the digital like war war games, all that like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The contrast between that and like this nineteen thirties yeah cartoon game, style, with, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be an awesome contrast. I I do hope that I could get out there. It's like I said, it's gonna be weird and rough with my work schedule, but hopefully. And then everybody else, this is kind of stuff you're missing out on if you're not there. Damn it. Yeah, it'll it'll be a weird one for sure. Typically, Indie Game Night is meant to be um, more of a multiplayer, like four-player multiplayer focused, mm-hmm. uh, easy to pick up and play, like way to introduce people to cool indie games that they might not have known existed. Right. Whereas a lot of people know about Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just been a lot of demand for people to see it. Yeah. And it makes sense that we would that we would show it off in our venue. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a good fit, and well, it's it's great timing. We'll see how uh, how well people are able to learn how to play it. Oh, it's it's pretty brutal. Yes, but it's, at least at least we can you know have multiplayer going and maybe have an experienced player bring right. out some of the yeah, new people. Yeah, there you go. Little kind of mentoring. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, God, because it is it's Dark Souls hard. Like it's well, actually, I mean, it is. It's just as like the old Contra games were, and especially Shattered Soldier on PS2. Did you ever play that one? I did not. I didn't actually have a PlayStation 2. That game is ridiculous. Like, it is so 
amazing and awesome, but it is like a pixel perfect memory game where you have to know exactly where to be, where like the sweet spots are, when to like make your attacks and when to back off and hide. And it was brutal. Like it's, it's all about memorization above all. And that's kind of what Cuphead looks yeah, and feels like. A, a lot. It's very boss battle yes. oriented. So yeah. Cause the level structures are kind of weird. For yeah. That. There's, there's like some kind of run and gun levels and but I, mean, the, I feel like flying and then, yeah, the boss battles. Yeah, I feel like there are more boss battles than most yes. games of that nature. Right. And uh, that's where the game shines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're never going to beat a boss on your first try. No. <laughs> did they add life bars to the bosses? Because I know that was a, a thing that was missing. Um, I did not see one when okay. I played it last. There's, I don't think... there's no way to know until you die how yeah. far or how close you were to beating them. This yeah, a, and then they'll, thing. you know, the bosses will change forms multiple times yes. typically. Yeah. New but, patterns um, and new bullshit. Yeah, there's oh. a lot of there's a lot of stuff to memorize in the boss battles, and mm-hmm. um, I feel like so far for me it's been it's been fun. It hasn't yeah. been like too horribly frustrating. Good, good. yeah. Y- you know, and it's That's in, what like I was scared about it's it's in bite sized chunks. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't really take all that long to go through a boss battle. Yeah, but well, hopefully I'm not speaking too soon because I haven't seen yeah. the end of the game. Yet. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things too where like there's a fine line between difficulty and bullshit. Because if it's something that, like with the Contra game, it just came down to memorization. So mm-hmm. that's that's fair. It's not unfair. It's not obscenely difficult just for no reason. And Dark Souls leans towards that unfair side of the spectrum because, like, you're dealing with kind of AI routines. You don't honestly know what that enemy character is going to do at any given time. Like, there's little hints and stuff that they build into them. But with a game like Cuphead... Everything's on the screen. It's right there. You know why you died. There is no mystery. There is no like, oh, that was an extra shot from the boss. It wasn't supposed to be there. Like, no, everything's on patterns. Everything's Mm -hmm. on these rotations and they change. And that's the dynamic that you have to learn and practice. But there's still an obvious obvious path to success, which that's fair. That's what I like. I don't mind difficult games if it Mm -hmm. feels like. There's a feels like it's usually fair or like if it, it makes me feel that. I failed because it was my fault. Right. Well, that's that what just I, inspires you to get better at the game. Yeah. Well, that's what I hated about Dark Souls and Bloodborne is, yes, there were those little patterns, but you also had a leveling structure that made it really hard to know if you were going to be able to beat a certain enemy or a boss mm-hmm. with the gear that you had. Like, that could be the absolute issue, and you might not know it, and you spend hours trying to grind this boss <laughs> just to find out that, no, I'm an idiot. I need to level up, or I need this certain weapon or something. Like, that sucks. I'm not a fan of that kind of structure, but, eh. Uh, seems like a lot of people own. are. <laughs> a lot of people are, yeah. I, uh, I'll i be honest. I, I own every Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. I have played none of them. Right. I also own Bloodborne. <laughs> I've not played it. Oh, no. I'm uh, I'm a bad person. Right. I've, I've played a fair bit of... The first I played Demon Souls. Oh yeah, and that one was a ball buster. <laughs> but also played Bloodborne, and it does have a nice like reward structure where the way it expands the world, like you feel like you're in a tiny little pocket, and then all of a sudden like a barrier disappears, or you find a new route around something, or there's something past an enemy that opens up a whole new area. It's like holy shit, I didn't even know this was here. Mm-hmm. And now like you figure out the different ways and routes to get to stuff. And it's like, it's pretty sweet. Like that's, that's yeah, very rewarding. I, I, I've intended on, on trying these games out for the longest time. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, at this point, 
if I wanted to play them, I there's so much information out there that yeah. could help me along the way. Yes, so many. But guides also, and I, I kind of want to just like you know go in blind and oh, just have, have the initially. same experience as the people who got the game on launch date. Yep. And just uh, experience a little bit of that frustration, and oh then my God, yeah, maybe uh, you know resources are there for me if I need them. Yeah, if you feel so inclined to try to try to beat one of them for. Who knows why? I don't know who would do that. Some kind of really twisted masochist. Just, <laughs> a bunch of my friends, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> like, I just, I don't have the, the the I don't know, the gumption to see something like that through. Like, yeah. Well, it's I'm, not rewarding enough. Yeah. I'm really good at saying that I'm going to get around to playing a game. So yeah. <laughs> um, maybe maybe you can hold me accountable for this. Oh, and man. We'll talk soon. Yeah, I'll hold you to it. Okay. At, at least Bloodborne or, like, the newest Dark Souls. Because the older ones, the older you go, the harder and more ridiculously are but like the recent ones yeah there's a lot more balance and fun factor so <laughs> not to not to get too off topic but have you played neo neo yeah on the playstation oh, the 4? n-i-o-h neo. yes okay yeah it came yeah. out in like february or march this year i haven't no i've seen a lot of it that I've, and i've heard really good things that it's you know it's not exactly dark souls but, but it's I think along it, those lines. it has some of those elements kind yeah. of more like Kind of more like ninja gaiden meets dark okay. Souls, maybe yeah that's my impression at least ninja gaiden was another one that there were specific patterns, but they were still kind of random enough. And it was one of the ones where you had to know exactly what to do to certain enemies and bosses or, in, or else you were screwed. And yeah. God damn, the controls always kicked my ass in that one more than anything. Do you remember the uh, the original Xbox version? Oh, yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure that's the like first the, one I played. The and first then Sigma later on PlayStation. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the first or second boss, like most people just couldn't yeah. get past it. It was the, the demon in the church. The, mm-hmm. the chick, like she was like a flying female demon. Oh, yeah, I remember that was the one that, that one nobody could beat for the longest time. That was like the 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 high water mark for <laughs> for most typical players. And I luckily like figured out there was one attack. Like I said, there was one attack, like the swooping swallow thing. I still remember that oh, yeah. general name yep. because that was the attack that could actually damage that her was the consistently. One. It's like. That's that's too much. Like <laughs> for a single boss in a single game, and especially like on like the third main stage of the no, <laughs> this is too much. Because that was literally the hardest boss in the game for everybody consistently. It's like this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm not going to finish this game ever. It managed to be a great game. Oh yeah, the tank fight, some man. Of that at the beginning, the tank fight with the bow and arrow. Oh, that's that's <laughs> epic. That is like historic game shit like that's that's one of those moments that it has to be on everybody's like top moments list that was that was great it's up there with like eris dying spoiler like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i still get mixed up with that too if it's eris or Aerith, because i remember at least was, you can kind of remember both. right i'm lost right now oh poor guy final fantasy 7 oh yeah i didn't oh jeez no don't say it don't say it uh, people are rolling over in their not graves right now. People are crashing their cars listening to this <laughs> podcast. Dylan has not played Final Fantasy VII. Dylan has not played Final Fantasy VII! Ah! I swear to God, they're, they're like driving down here right now. They know there's a disturbance in the force. It's unacceptable. What's, what's Final Fantasy? What is this Final Fantasy? What's a Final Fantasy? It's, oh, God. Is that like Star Ocean? <laughs> fantasy star online? fantasy star online is that what you mean no 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 mario rpg something like that <laughs> Ooh, now we're talking yeah see I, I, that's my shit <laughs> i can get you back somehow holy crap um 
Moving forward from Cuphead, though, another event that people listening to this can actually still possibly get to is mm-hmm. you're going to have some kind of Halloween party going on. Yeah, we try, we try to do one every year. It's yeah. called Giga Fright. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Um, it's, you know, it's another good excuse to put our games on free play and hell yeah. And, uh, and have a big party. Oh man. So we're going to do, um, even though today, uh, Wednesday, the 25th is our, our typically our last, uh, free play event of the month. Mm-hmm. We're going to do one on Halloween. Um, awesome. it's going to be part of Giga Fright. Yeah. Doors open at five o'clock. Ooh. Uh, we're encouraging people to come in costume. Yeah. So it's $5 at the door. Uh, if you're in costume. Mm-hmm. Eight otherwise. Man. All the games are going to be on free play. We'll have uh, very spoopy uh, drink and food specials. Awesome. Um, some awesome DJs and, of course, a costume contest. Mm-hmm. Um, a snack idea that I had that just sounds perfect, thinking of like the setup at going to the arcade, beer in one hand, snack in the other. Um, we, every year, my wife and I, we throw together candy corn and dry roasted peanuts. Can we talk about candy corn for a minute? Sure. <laughs> Are you a fan? Not by itself. Never been. <laughs> but with Never the peanuts, been. though. But with the peanuts, you get a, a good 50-50 ratio or whatever. Sounds disgusting. Tastes like a payday. Okay. Well, yeah, Literal I Literal payday. And it's amazing. Like, we've got a big tub of that at home right now. Okay. And as soon as we get there, we both get, grab, like, a little cup and just... <laughs> like, it's so damn good. Once you have it, like, like, we... I can't remember which friend of mine told me about it, but it was, like, five years ago and ever since... Our house is just full of it this time of year. Like we have to, it's it's like I'll the tradition. It Do always looking for new ways to make candy corn interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, actually, to give I'm... it a purpose in life, right? <laughs> Besides being teeth and decorations. <laughs> I'm a fan, though. I you know I'll, I'll eat them by the individual sections, mm-hmm. the colored sections, and oh. it's you know only during Halloween. Though. Yes, only during Halloween. Well, it's, it's easy to go overboard with candy corn. Yeah, I know any candy corn is usually too much for me, but. <laughs> Like I said, there's 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 a way to make it work, but I know oh. it's I know it's garbage, yeah. but I still enjoy it, right? Ugh, so bad. As with a lot of things, I suppose. Yeah, right. So switching gears a little, it's that magical time of the year where candy corn is out. Where <laughs> after the candy corn has rotted your teeth and kind of faded back away where you can't buy it at stores anymore, it's the season to go broke. It's yep. <laughs> it's game release season where you've really got to start. If you had a budget, tear it up, throw it out the window, but figure out where your money's going to go because, dear God, it's a flood. And it's funny how, I don't know, thinking about it, it, it still sneaks up on me because I know a lot of these games are coming. I've had my eye on a few of them for the longest time, but they all get packed in. Like, it sounds like they're, they're spread out enough, but it's this month period where everything is just now 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 like oh yep late late october (laughs) and pretty much all of november right you know getting ready for christmas it's all these triple a titles sometimes on the same day right that much (laughs) it is well i mean how do you even as a, a a production company and a developer how do you even plan against something like this like these games have been in development for numerous years in most cases and to say like here's this date out in the future, like three or four years down the road. And we're going to stick to it and then find out that like, Oh yeah, four other games are releasing that day. Like, Oh my God, the anger, the rage, like uh, it's probably such a competitive thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's like Um, the, the racing games that I, you had, um, 
Project Cars got out first. Mm-hmm. A week later was um, Forza, yeah. and like two weeks later was Gran Turismo. Like the three biggest racing games, period. And then you still have um, the new Need for Speed coming out sooner or later too. It's like holy I crap! I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know what it's going to be like. It it seems like a it's unfortunately a departure from the last one because the last one was epic it was like back to like the underground racing routes Mm -hmm. and that was fantastic i love that game but this new one is like fast and furious need for speed so that's kind of a neat angle to take it but we'll see what the end of result is because i feel like you can never really know with the need for speed series now i think it's just weird when they try to staple a story to it the run like, yes is that the one yeah yeah like it's just guys it, it doesn't really need that like i'm all about that full motion video though well that was that's <laughs> remember, something like, that they cut out most wanted well need for speed the the last one did that and it was epic and that oh, was oh yeah yeah you know i didn't play it but i did hear people talking yeah. about just how over the top it was it was over the top but i could not believe how good the acting actually was really because these are long one cut scenes with multiple characters like interacting, walking through areas, sitting down at a table, getting back up and leaving all in one take. Huh. So like God <laughs> knows how long the production of just that stuff took, but epic. Like that that was good. That was very impressive. And yeah, the interaction where you're in the garage watching FMV, they're walking around this car, it backs out the frame, and there's your car, like your in-game car, like in the background, and it fits like it it doesn't look completely out of place it's like oh it's so great like (laughs) they did a really good job on that game but now ditched it entirely and they've gone back to like full just cg stuff that looks like ass so i don't know (laughs) when does it when does it come out it's it's soon it's in within the next couple of months i believe i don't think it's a a spring title but let's see need for speed well i guess at least you get like a tiny break from racing games right now yeah no i i do need to recommit because i've got Let's see. Oh, no. Let's see. No, November 10th. So, oh, yeah. just kidding. Yeah, right? No time. So that, that'll be another one that I rent, though. That's not one I'm going to buy. The only buy that I have on my list right now is Battlefront 2. And yeah. I've got Gran Turismo Sport, like I talked about. That's my, my Gamefly game right now. But I need to recommit to Project Cars because that's the one I bought. And it, I've been waiting for patches and stuff to really, like, nail everything down. Uh-huh. Before I overcommit, did you get the get PC pissed. version of that? One? Yeah, yeah, which so is nice. Your yes, PC, PC. Uh huh. And I did like a side by side. I hooked them both up to my my big screen, mm-hmm. and then went from one to the other. And it's impressive what the PS4 can actually still squeeze out. But you see the things that they had to cut back on, right? And it's it's funny because on the PC side, when you go into the settings, they're actually pretty general overall. There's a shitload of different things that you can change, but it's basically anti-aliasing overall like track detail overall whereas on the playstation when the developer goes in they can pick and choose individual aspects therein like right Right. we're gonna have anti-aliasing to this amount but only on these specific objects type of thing so it's like the cars isn't really that same level of customization you can't do that on on pc ever maybe they'll patch that in well i don't think you could ever i I know i I hear what you're saying yeah so as a developer like they get to go in and fine-tune all these different things to make the game run as good yeah, as possible. Yeah, to optimize it. Yes, but when you compare the two side-by-side, side, you see it, like, immediately. It's like, aw, yeah. that's... Oh, geez, guys, okay. Because one of the things, they turn off damage, like, completely by default. 
like visual damage is off, mechanical damage is off. It's like that's I don't, I don't so know why that would be uh, off by default. It saves a ton of resources, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because that mapping on all the cars when you have like a full field up to like thirty when in that the game. when the cars are just like when they consist of so many polygons. Yes. I and can I mean see that. Yeah. when every car tracks damage for a whole race too. Like there's accumulation of dirt and rubber and shit that that game does. There's the damage of them bumping in it. It's like yeah, it's it's way too much. So <laughs> I could see why they would cut that first. But yeah, it was it was fun to see. Like I said, the comparison and God, when I did a snow race, uh-huh. the the texture on the track on the PS4 was just atrocious. Like just oh, no. horrible big block. It was like a Mario 64 texture map. Like. <laughs> Oh, it shit. was so bad. <laughs> but I, like I said, I get it. I mean, whatever you can do to make it work, because that game still runs at 60 frames and up to 4K. So pretty damn impressive. From there, for yourself, what are you looking forward to? Because well, I know we got Mario Odyssey coming. Mario Odyssey, like, obviously anybody with a Switch is going to get that game. Yep. I'm I'm just as excited as the next person. Ugh. I'm excited um, to see like just how good it ends up being because I mean there's there's never any real doubt in air quotes of a Mario's quality. Well, you, you never know if it'll be another Sunshine. Well, Sunshine was still good in its own ways. Yeah, I liked it. But it wasn't great. It wasn't it, the follow-up to 64. It was, it was disappointing to a lot of people yes. at the same time. And I, it's same thing with um I really hope Galaxy this... was like that. Where they oh. fixed a lot of it with Galaxy 2 and made it a lot more fun, but it's like if that would have been the first game, it would have uh-huh. been epic. I yeah, I didn't play Galaxy Two. I played the first mm-hmm. one. And I thought it was fantastic. That's good. Um, better, I just heard better it was like than too easy, Sunshine for sure. Was it too easy or too difficult? Something Probably like too that. easy. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I have high hopes for Odyssey. It, it's a weird ass looking game, right? There's going to be some <laughs> interesting mechanics. Well, and that's something that they haven't shown a lot of the game. So there's some huge question mark blocks on that. I've been uh, oh, nice pun there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glad you caught <laughs> not that. Not gonna let that one go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been kind of purposefully not paying so much attention because I want mm. it to be a kind of a, I want to go into it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could have played the demo at, at PAX, uh-huh. um, you know, before the show floor opened to the public and mm. the line was ridiculous. Right. But, um, yeah, I purposely just want to kind of save it yeah. for Good. my first yeah. experience. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm picking a copy up at 9 PM tomorrow night. Oh, there he is. Yeah. There's. <laughs> It used, we used to do midnight launches, and now on the West Coast, we're getting like 9 p.m. launches. So nice. Yeah. Spoiled. It's, it's pretty rad. Right. So um, probably in the same night, I'm going to pick up the new Wolfenstein. Ooh, the new order. Uh, the new Colossus or, or something the, like yeah, that. Yeah, new order, and then this is new Colossus. Or, I think it's the new Colossus. Mm-hmm. It's the new Wolfenstein game. Right. And it looks really good. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm really excited for that. I like a, like a, uh, a shooter that that focuses on the single player component because yes. there's so many true there's so much time you can spend well, with other multiplayer shooters you mentioned that so obviously it's not going to sell nobody's going to buy that game no nobody likes a single player game anymore it's all about online well, we'll that's, see. that's the big myth right now that's EA just shut down visceral games on that basis mm-hmm. saying that single player games aren't like the way the market is leaning or whatever so yeah just shut them down it's yeah, because I mean, Mass Effect at, didn't sell for shit look at you know, like Fallout 4, though. Exactly. They're, they're full of Not shit. Not that that was, like, that's, the smoothest launch ever or anything, but, but... That's the meme right now, is it? Yeah. Industry-wide, they think the market is all about microtransactions and multiplayer games, and everybody wants to be online all the time, and they are completely 100% off base. That's not not true, but that is not 
the majority of the market. That's not me. That's I have no interest in that. Like I like to jump online from time to time. Like I like playing Battlefront or Battlefield online because it's a a universal experience. It's broader than just like head to head. It's like saying mm-hmm. everybody wants to play Street Fighter Five online. Period. Like no, that's that's not true. And we bitch about I this. Personally, every don't time. want to get my ass kicked anytime yeah. I want to play Street Fighter. Right. I I would like to actually win a fight now and then. <laughs> I mean, and that's um, injustice. That was the only thing I played in that game was the single player story mode, and I thought yeah, it was actually like interesting. Like this is cool. I wish more games did that. I'm a big fan of that of that model. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think Mortal Kombat started with like Mortal Kombat nine or ten or yep, something. Exactly. Um, and then as um, someone who isn't much good at fighting games, right? it's like it actually makes it an enjoyable experience for me. Yeah. Well, now Marvel versus Capcom ripped it too. Yep. They did the exact same thing. But it is. It's nice. It's like yeah, you've got these story like missions now, and I. The only thing I wish is that they would have like the broad story, but it'd be cool if then once you do the broad story, you unlock like separate arcs for all the different characters. Oh, that'd that's, be that's the too. next. That's the next big thing. Man, I'm on it. Let's do it. That'd be pretty. Get Capcom rad. on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Until um, they stop making games and do like Konami and just stick to pachinko and pachinko slot machines. machines. Yeah. <laughs> Dicks. Oh my god. Well, I I sincerely hope that Wolfenstein. Uh, two or whatever you want to call it, right, is a great game. It I'm, should be. I'm also personally a fan of the uh, of the message that the game. Yeah, is, uh, right. I, I, I love their <laughs> that marketing. It, I <sighs> I love that it's pissing off some of the worst people mm-hmm. in the country. Right. No, and that was... if they want to boycott it, then go for it. But like, yeah, all point zero zero two percent of you assholes, go ahead because you weren't going to buy the game anyway because you're too busy polishing your rifles and. <laughs> sewing up your confederate flag so yeah i feel like maybe you don't deserve good games anyway yeah that could be you strike me as non-gamers just in general when yeah just no no way to relate to that the the memes that came out of it though are priceless yeah like a buddy of mine posted like the timeline of all the different wolfenstein games oh yeah like Nazis. no cool, problem cool. yeah no problem no problem and then this one like oh why does it have to be a political statement <laughs> yes Stupid assholes. No. Go back under your rock, for Christ's sake. Killing Nazis has always been good. Right. That's that's the one thing that's always been acceptable anywhere but Germany. But man, what a time for, for this game to come out. Right. It is. It's too perfect. And, like, they didn't even have to directly market it as that. It did it on its own, like, naturally. Because well, yeah. there, there was nothing, like, they literally didn't just come out with an ad and say, hey, want to punch Nazis? Here's the game. Like, no, they just promoted the game as hey wolfenstein the new colossus is coming out and people oh nazi killing baba doo doo like <laughs> you know what they actually did perfect. come out with that ad recently really okay. it's basically just so like, now they're now they're gonna milk oh it. they're they're leaning into it okay, really far good. and good for um, them though and like if you're a total asshole and that upsets you i get it you're a perfect. total asshole yeah but but again that's just like a it's it's an unfortunately large percentage of the population, but it's still a small percentage. Well, that's that's the the misrepresentation of the internet, and that's what gets. I mean, not to get too political, but that's what gets I think we've everybody. Gone there. <laughs> yeah, that's what gets everybody spun up. Is you spend if you spend too much time in the Twitter dumpster fire, that starts to become your whole worldview. But then it's like, I go to work every day, and I'm with thirty, forty other people that don't have a shade of that there might be like one person that secretly like feels a certain way or whatever but that shit doesn't exist like 
That's yeah, not the world that I uh, actually live in and interact with. And when I go to the grocery store, that's not what happens. And it's it you have to just like you can't get too caught up into it and let it taint like what you think of as like majorities and minorities and everything like that. Like mm, the mixing pot's still a lot bigger <laughs> than mm-hmm. like I said the 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 message board just there, there are echo Crap chambers out there everywhere. Yeah, and that's that's what it turns into, and it is it's an echo chamber for like both sides because everybody just as much as everybody says like oh one side hides behind their keyboard the other side does too. Everybody yeah. that throws shit out there to start the fight is just the same. Like it's it's crazy. It's but what a, anyway, what a depressing <laughs> it is situation and we're in these days. I'm at the point where like I'm gonna start doing the the keyword blocks to to thin out my Twitter shit because it's just oppressive when I go on there. Twitter used to be the funniest, most exciting thing I had on my phone because I'd get in there and you're seeing like a real live person that you know from something like a celebrity or an actor or a comedian and they're literally putting their words out into the world, into the ether and people reply and that real life person replies back to them. Like that's this unprecedented level of access to individuals that never existed. You had to go through agents and be somebody to someone to ever get to interact with one of these people. Well, now there's an app for it. Like that part of it just excited me to no end. And still some of the funniest shit that you ever see on the internet is on Twitter and Facebook and memes and shit. But Mixed in with again the dumpster fire, like yep. <laughs> so there have been a lot of ups and downs throughout the yes, history of, yes. of modern social media as well. Oh my god! And right now it's kind of uh, it's kind of at a low point on Twitter, I think. Yeah, but all of it comes back to just like this really vocal minority that gets the attention because there's nothing else to focus on. Like it's just it's 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 false in the way that it gets like more traction than it ever should. Like if there was one person out in a crowd of a thousand yelling about something, everybody would just squash it, either ignore them or tell them to shut the <laughs> up and that'd be it. But with Twitter, it's so hard to tell anybody or force anybody to, to not say something or act a certain way. And there's no repercussions and there's, that's it. There's always going to be, you know, some supporters out there and then yeah. it builds traction. And Right. But it's, yeah. it's the, the falsehood of everybody's on the same level platform. Like everybody mm-hmm. has the same access. Everybody has the same ability in the Twitterverse where if you and I went outside and started screaming and yelling about how great the this podcast is, nobody would ever give a crap. <laughs> but there's the potential that you do the same thing on Twitter and all of a sudden it's a, a flood of insanity. Like everybody goes crazy for it. Like you just never know what's going to be a meme, what's going to go viral. Like it's it's just the nature of it and it's ugh, it's a mess. But like I said, not to get too oh, political memes. and end on a down note, but hey <laughs> – <laughs> hey, are. Wolfenstein's coming out. Wolfenstein's coming out, and it's, it's great. It's I'm looking forward to point. it. It's going to be a, a great <laughs> game, and I definitely I played the last one, and it didn't grab me. But I just I don't think I went in with the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. I think I was expecting too much. It's like I was playing Battlefield Four all the time at, at at that point. So it's like I was stuck in that kind of channel of expectations. So yeah. I think getting into this, just remember, it's a run and gun. It's not a big strategy game. Like yes, you can stealth a little bit, but don't worry about it. Well, Just get I, in there, blow shit up, and go. Like there, there might actually be some more complex mechanics to the new game. Okay, um, it's another one of those games where I've been just trying to kind of uh, stay not, up, pay yeah. too much attention Don't to, and yeah, just stay optimistic about. Yeah, um, it looks like there's some open world stuff in there. Um, mm. Not really sure. Yeah. We'll see. 
Well, I, I know the last one, it had like multiple paths you could take through most of the it, like interactions. Yeah, like, yeah there the, was stealth the missions were somewhat open. Yeah. But then you get back on rails at certain points. And I think that was part of what frustrated me too. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you were stealthing, but now you have to do this. Like that, that's something that pissed me off with Last of Us especially is mm-hmm. you, you've built it up to make it seem like there's stealth that I can go through and silently kill everything in this game. And then no, there's literally a zombie like placed in a specific spot to trigger everybody in the, it's like, Oh, or one of those, um, very frustrating. one of those, one of the more recent Deus Ex games, not the one mm-hmm. that last came out, but the one before that, Yeah, <clears throat> where you could like play through the game, not killing anybody yeah, and just perfect. being stealthy. And then you get to a boss that would have to take like 400 right. shotgun rounds to take out. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's like the, the metal gear, metal gear virus. That's what they would do. It's like they did a much better job of it where, I mean, you could, you could go through zero kills. Initially it was from knocking everybody out and running as fast as you could to the next area before they wake up. But it got to the point where you had like actual weapons, like the stun guns, like the, the sleep dart guns, you had shotguns that shoot like a, a plastic disc, I think is what it was that would like knock people out. Like Mm -hmm. basically like figure like beanbag shotguns like things to incapacitate people without killing them outright so i i liked that i and then with deus ex yeah to a whole new level too so but no it's it's out there they they make it an option but i don't feel like wolfenstein is going to be one of those games oh i think yeah (laughs) i think there's going to be a lot of nazi killing yeah right brutal nazi killing yep and the more the merrier take them out man (laughs) because that's that's it ain't right but again getting political stop it video games man so thanks again dylan for coming down for another one glad we got to break out of any kind of routine and just yeah i the feel shit like for we just rambled for what an hour <laughs> right? or so plus yeah getting almost an hour and a half excellent very excellent didn't even take beers or shots or anything just <laughs> gotta get back to work <laughs> yep still almost technically gotta, on the clock announce this um this halloween party right Oh, that's right. Yeah. Get back on the, and it's the Facebooks. Night. Oh, man. It's going to be awesome. I don't know if I'll – I think that's – my wife's taken off for a few days, so that'll be her last night in town. So I probably won't have a chance to get out there. We'll be throwing candy at trick-or-treaters and trying to keep our dogs from jumping through the windows to chase after them. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting night at the, the home ranch there. Like the opposite of Resident Evil dogs? Yeah, exactly. They're jumping out of the windows, but they're also <laughs> not on fire. So, yeah, kind of well, boring in a way. That. Yeah. <laughs> don't – don't No, not actual Don't do that fire. to your dogs. No, 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 no. Please don't. That'd be a good costume though. If you could figure out a way to like dress your dog up, make like a, a sweater – with like cotton painted up to look like fire on it. <laughs> yeah. Animal animal cruelty is no joke. No. It's bad um, news. But a proper flaming dog costume would be awesome. Yes. Hell yeah. I I don't have Doberman so, but that would be really funny on a wiener dog. So <laughs> You going to go to any haunted houses? Um my buddy tried to get me to go to one out in Gresham but it was a full contact. I think Gresham is just a big haunted house actually. Right. Yeah. You just actually get out of your car and walk around. So yeah. But um, no, I I didn't feel like doing that. I don't think he ever did it himself, but full contact sounds 
bad. That sounds like a, a bad time. No matter how you slice it. I'm worried it. that I would like react and accidentally like oh, yeah. punch somebody. Yeah. You get slapped in the, the side and you just turn around and cold talk somebody right in the face, like crack a jaw. Like, oh no, that's, <laughs> it can't end well, I swear. And you probably have to sign some kind of waiver when you go in. That's, that's also a bad sign. So no, no thanks. <laughs> but yeah, good talking to you, man. Yeah. And, it's been, a, of it's course, been a spooky time. Oh, very spooky. But we will do this again, and I will see you, hopefully, when we talk about Indie Game Night. That's that's. I think I'll get out there tomorrow. I'll try. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>